is self-love. How does one master it? Where do we start? Since we are in the love month of February, I think self-love is an important topic. Especially in order to give out love, we have to be filled up with it. Love given is best when it comes from a place of overflow. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks. I am an energetic catalyst and fearless communicator. I had to learn and study what self-love means so that I could understand it better because I had zero idea of what it actually is and what I thought what I thought it was that it was selfish to have self-love. Most of you know my past where I was in an abusive relationship. And when I got out of it, I was able to start Christian counseling. Read books, listen to podcasts, I journaled, and I really worked on myself, really worked on to heal. And when I was in that relationship, their verbal abuse played enormous impact on my mental, emotional, and even my physical well-being. During the early days of my healing journey, when I would admit that I had been in an abusive relationship, people would say to me, you just have to love yourself. And I was like, wait, what? What does that even mean? Self-love, love myself. One of the first steps that I took was to hold my thoughts captive. A couple episodes ago that was called What You Focus On Grows, I read you a old Cherokee fable of how telling his grandson about the two wolves that live inside of us, one that is good and one that is evil. You'll have to go back to hear the whole thing. But by holding your thoughts captive, it's noticing and being aware of what you're really saying to yourself. Are you being kind to yourself or are you ripping yourself apart? I learned that I was just saying to myself, was so mean, was so awful that you would never say that to another person out loud, or at least most of us probably wouldn't say that to another person. So I did this step. I took out a journal and I just decided to write a brain dump. And by brain dump, I mean, I literally just wrote everything down that I was thinking. And I was brutally honest. And I have to tell you, that was so hard to really read, go back and read it later to understand how mean I was to myself, to see how unkind I was to myself. And once I wrote it down, I really started to think, okay, so if, if these things are not true, then this is all a lie. Everything that I've been thinking about myself is a lie. That's the second step is that I literally had to call it out loud. That's a lie. And and it really helped. It sounds, might, might sound a little bit crazy, but sometimes we get so stuck in our head of the things that we say to ourselves that's unkind, the things that we say, beating ourselves up, that inner negative critic that we listen to as being truth. And I started to then look in the mirror and say, that's a lie. And I said it out loud 
So my conscious mind and my unconscious mind would literally hear it together. So after I had written down all the bad things I said about myself, I looked at each one and said, okay, how can I start to rewrite my brain? What I can do is, is write down the opposite. So instead of you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough. I wrote down, I am smart. I am pretty. I am enough. Because that's literally what a lot of our inner thoughts are, is not thinking that we're enough. So back in the day, I don't know if you, how old you are, but bear with me. So back in the day, we used to have these cassette tape recorders and have a little microphone hugged, you know, with it. And you had to push play and record at the same time in order to record it. And you could listen to it over and over again. And the great thing about these cassettes is that when you were done with whatever you first recorded, you could then go back and record over it. You can rewrite, so to speak, what that cassette already had on it. That goes to the same thing with your brain. I was studying the brain with um, the Dean of Psychology at a local university. And we really dived into how your brain has neural pathways when you do something new and you have neural pathways from your past. You have pathway, neural pathways from literally inside the womb. And oftentimes when we are facing something that's new, those old tapes, so to speak, those old recorded cassette tapes of something that we heard when we were younger applies to us now, whether it's 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years later, our childhood experiences shape our adult decisions because we are listening to this tape from way back when we were a kid. It will play again and we automatically put our adult voice to it. And sometimes we believe it. And it is not true. If it's helping you, it's true. If it's hurting you, it's not true. So that second step is I literally had to call it out as a liar. Like you are a liar. Uh, I'll give you an example. I was shopping with uh, one of my besties. We were going to some event. This was so many years ago. So we were going to some event and we went to uh, buy a dress and I tried this dress on and I didn't have a mirror in my room. There was a mirror in the hallway. And so I went out to the hallway and I immediately heard, you look so fat in this dress. And I was like, oh, devastated. And yet here's the crazy part. I had been working on really letting go of that inner negative voice that I thought was only my ex-boyfriend at the time. So all of a sudden, here I am trying on this dress and I hear this voice again hear that sound again, not that voice, but I heard that same phrase. You look so fat in that dress. And it wasn't his voice. It was someone else's. You'll never believe who it was. It was my mom's. And I thought, wow, that's why it was familiar to be in a relationship like that. 
because he repeated the same things that my parent, one of my parents had told me. Wow. Unbelievable. Like I didn't even get at that time, how deep all of those things that I had been experiencing, all those things that I'd been saying to myself was so, uh, you know, childhood level, didn't understand it until then. So when I then heard it, I literally said out loud in the mirror, you're a liar. That's not true. Because here's the thing, whether I looked bad in that dress or not, or fat in that dress or not, is really uh, subjective, right? So I decided I wasn't going to listen to the subjective opinion anymore. I was going to listen to how my body felt in that dress or in those clothes or in that swimsuit or whatever. How did I feel? Did I have confidence? Could I build up confidence in order to wear something like that? That's where I started to come from. So step three is to really understand that when you have that inner negative self-talk, when you have that inner negative voice critic that you're listening to, guess what you're doing? You're bullying yourself. This, when I was going through my, my healing journey, was really a, a defining moment. Like I had really come to grips that, yeah, growing up, I, I had been a bully and as you know, hurt people hurt people because they're hurting. And it wasn't until that moment around the watch, seeing the dress, uh, trying on that dress, that around that moment is when I realized they, the people around me had been bullying me because I had been bullying myself my whole life. I was just repeating what was said to me as a young child. And once you start to realize that, would you believe a bully? I mean, today, would you believe a bully? No, you would call them out, right? You wouldn't have a call them out. You would go, they're lying or they're jealous or they're this, or they want what you have, whatever it is. You realize as an adult, what bullying is. And yet we still sometimes listen to it. The fourth and fifth step kind of work together. Well, not kind of, they do work together. It's trust the process and own your shit. You don't have to believe everything at first about the things that you say about yourself. If you take what you're saying and you write the opposite of that in a positive way, you might not believe it at first. It takes time. And the more you write it down, the more practice you have, the more you might start to believe it or the more you might decide that it's not true. However, I will say that you have to take, you have to be willing to own responsibility for your overall well-being. So what's it going to hurt to believe that you are those things, that you are smart enough, that you are rich, that you are skinny enough, that you are pretty, that you are good looking, that you are enough, what would it hurt? I guarantee you, it would hurt nothing. It would only propel you instead of hurt you and hold you back. 
you know, having, owning your shit and having a responsibility is something that, you know, we don't ever really think about. We think that, you know, especially if you listen to the fairy tales of, or Disney or any of things like that, that you listen to, someone is coming to get you. Someone is coming to save you. And the reality is that no one is coming to save you. You have to be willing to do it for you. You have to be willing to do the work for yourself to improve your destination, to improve where you want to go, to improve where you're at. You have to be willing to do the work. And that might mean that we have to reparent ourselves. You know, I told you in the past that here I was a little girl. I mean, I might've been five or six years old when I recall my mom saying to me that I didn't look good in a dress. I remember her saying to me that I looked fat in a dress. So here I am now in my thirties, listening to that same thing that she told me when I was five or six years old. Now, don't get me wrong. I loved my parents dearly and they had no idea how to parent because they needed to reparent themselves. They needed to clean up their own inner negative self-talk, own their own negative critic. So I don't blame them for anything, but it's just profound when you're able to look at it and look at it in an objective way and go, wow, they were just doing it the best they can rather than blaming, shaming, putting the responsibility back on them and saying, you know what? I own this. I take responsibility for my own life. And I can reparent myself and give myself now the love that I had that I didn't have as a kid. Step six is understand your worth. This just goes deeper than self-esteem. This is like, this goes deeper than self-acceptance even. This goes so deep, it's a self-approval. Are you willing to approve who you are right now in this moment? And if you're not willing to approve it, prove who you are, how can you shift it? How can you then approve? What do you need to do? What do you need to clear up? What do you need to heal from? Maybe that's that reparenting piece. Well, let me tell you, all of this takes practice. This isn't an overnight thing. In fact, if anyone tells you that they can heal you or repair you or teach you self-love and, you know, 30 days, whatever, or do a challenge of, you know, seven days self-love, which is fun and great, but it's just the beginning. This is an ongoing practice that we have to do. To wrap this up of what is self-love, self-love is a practice of taking care of oneself, healing oneself with kindness, respect, compassion. And if you were writing this down, I want you to put a big circle around the word compassion. How can you be gentle and more compassionate with yourself? We have to recognize our own worth, take responsibilities for our own happiness. We cannot allow, or we cannot say, well, he doesn't make me happy or she doesn't make me happy. No one can make you anything, especially happy. You have to come from a place of happy. That's just like from the beginning. It's a place of overflow.
We have to be willing to take responsibility for our own needs and boundaries. Self-love is crucial, absolutely crucial to our physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Remember how I said in the beginning that the stuff that I went through with my ex that even showed up physically? I mean, he may have he may have pushed me around and choked me and all the things in that area, but it was so much more than that. I started to develop pain in my back, pain in my feet. I literally wanted to cut my feet off every single morning. It felt like I got hit by a Mack truck when I would wake up in the morning. He didn't do that. But the pain and the mental anguish that I was experiencing and not able to express was manifesting itself in physical pain in my body. And I know that might be the case for a lot of you. So a lot of times when we're trying something new or we're trying to figure out, or we need a practice, we're doing, we're practicing something new, we might need some support along the way, we might see some additional coaching. I know I did, because I needed, I had the counseling, I had the podcast, I had books, I had so many things, I had, I had, I had to build a great support system for myself. And just know that this is a journey, not a destination. This is not going to be perfect. There is progress in the process, not perfection in the plan. And just so you know, I am here if you need someone and need that support to guide you along the way. With my own one-on-one coaching sessions, I invite you to book a transforming session with me so you can be better equipped to reparent yourself so that you come from a place of overflow when you give your love. I am so excited to be walking this journey with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Power of Investing in People podcast. Please go to shaysparkspodcast.com. You can leave me a voicemail. I would love to hear what you think about today's episode. I would love to hear some feedback, what your takeaway was, what's one fearless action that you're going to do. And in the meantime, you can also connect with me and even book that one-on-one coaching experience at shaysparks.com. And until next time, let's get fired up. Fired up.